The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Beloved, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and your material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. Today, we are delighted to welcome to our pulpit our own chapel associate, Liz Douglas, who has worked for me for six years is in pastoral ministry with our LGBTQ community. She is a native of Northeastern Ohio and is an exemplar of the best that ministry has to offer in Marsh Chapel. We gather singing in the mind the words of Charles Wesley, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, and truth and love for all to see. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand together in the praise of God.
we pray together. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, amid the difficulties, distresses, and challenges of these past two weeks, we also, in this university, are coming toward the end of term, that place of intersection of ample procrastination and personal anxiety. That procrastination and anxiety extend beyond the university community. We are gathered to offer our prayers of confession, to lean on the bosom of Abraham, to lean back on the everlasting arms, to put our hand in the hand of the one who stilled the waters, to let the presence of God minister to us amid all of our challenges. Our choir sings to us now the traditional Kyrie as together we offer our silent prayers of confession. Let us pray. beloved, be not anxious. Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin nor gather into barns. Yet Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed as one of these. Hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. 
Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where they were, where we were. The spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house saying, send to Joppa and bring Simon who was called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water, as a gift from the spring of the water of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsibly Psalm 148 with the Antiphon. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord in the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Praise the Lord, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded and they were created, who established them forever and ever and fix their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps. snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, Princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are near their God. Praise the Lord.
stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Glory to you, O Lord. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Who was I that I could hinder God? Peter's question in the account of the Acts of the Apostles warrants no answer. It was more of a statement than a question, more of an honest confession than an inquiry, and more of a final declaration at the end of a thought process. What began as a strange dream led to a puzzled Peter, and from confusion came clarity with the help of the Spirit and an openness to acting on God's will. We have accounts in the Bible of God appearing to people in strange ways. Moses in the burning bush, Mary in the visit from the angel, in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, calling to Samuel while he slept, blinding Paul on the road to Damascus, wrestling with Jacob, and many more. In these instances, action ceased, eyes were opened, and revelation occurred. God's will revealed in random encounters. Today we read about God appearing to Peter through a vision or a dream. Animals came down in a sheet from heaven, animals that were unclean and not fit to eat, according to the law. A voice called out commanding him to kill and eat. God wasn't asking Peter to literally kill and eat, but God was asking Peter to open up his heart and mind to something bigger to listen to the Spirit's urging, and to invite outsiders to his table. God tried very hard to get Peter's attention, and Peter had a choice, to act and listen, or to ignore and continue on his way. And just like Peter, we too have choices. Our choices are reflected in how we function from day to day.
Human beings are people of routines. We like structure and consistency, and we follow patterns each day. Sundays are routine for many of us. We find ourselves here again, another Sunday morning spent sitting, listening, engaging each other and God in this physical space of pews or by means of radio and internet. Worship is from 11 to noon, and following the service, we have conversations and some coffee before walking out the doors, down the stairs, and back into the city. Each day of the week is typically filled with familiar activities and behaviors to which we are accustomed. One day might not be scheduled, maybe a lazy Saturday allowing the freedom to rest or catch up with friends, but even in having time set aside to not plan is part of a routine. Our individual routines are personal, based on what we like and how we approach the world. But despite our individuality, we are also members of communities, which define particular aspects of the collective whole, what we believe, the things we think about, what inspires us, and how we express these things. From our reading in Acts today, Peter was a community member. He was part of an inner circle of Jewish-identified and practicing Jesus followers, speaking and associating with other Jews, proclaiming the gospel, and welcoming new believers. As an observant man of his faith, he adhered to the strict dietary codes of the law and strongly believed others should be doing the same. A certain number of rules and regulations defined what it meant to be obediently Jewish, and the importance and traditional following of the law was not questioned. These observances were ingrained into his daily routine. Peter lived his life as a follower, a leader, a teacher, a friend, and a community member. And through his eyes, being a follower alongside of him meant thinking and acting like him. Through all of Peter's travels and studies, community building and Jesus following, he was not expecting a vision from God to shake his understanding of what it meant to do the work of furthering the gospel message. As the story of Jesus spread and the news of his life, death, and resurrection reached more and more people, confusion erupted, which we witness in the book of Acts. Peter, the devout Jewish believer, insisted that the law be upheld for new converts. Circumcision and eating restrictions were mandatory. His life revolved around ritual and purity. Others in the community, like Paul, the recent convert and Gentile, argued against Peter. Why is following the law necessary? Hard questions were being asked, and Peter felt strongly about his convictions. How Peter lived out his faith and practiced his beliefs made sense to him, because it was what he had always done and how he related to God. While rituals and routines are good and foundational for faith, they don't stand alone. Room is also needed for revelation. Doing the work of ministry is essential. Traditions and rituals bring us together and remind us of our shared faith and practice. The work of the church is to hear the cry of the needy and respond with action and love. Ministry should not be biased. God's grace shows no favor. In order to be true Jesus followers, a balance is needed, both in acts and in openness to what the Spirit is trying to reveal to us. 
From acts to revelation, from responsibility to accountability, we find common ground and seek a vision for building God's kingdom in love. The choice is ours to reach out a hand to someone in need. The choice is ours to lend a listening ear to someone processing the tragedies of the bombings on Patriot's Day. The choice is ours to get to know someone different than us. The choice is ours to invite outsiders to the table. And ultimately, the choice is ours to love. It seemed appropriate that last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Easter, was also Good Shepherd Sunday. The voice of the psalmist cried out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are words many of us needed to hear in light of such great tragedy. Many gathered across the country who may not typically attend a worship service regularly. Many listened to Marsh's service on the internet or radio who don't habitually tune in each week. Last Sunday, many sought comfort from confusion and pain. Many wanted answers to unanswerable questions. Many searched for God in a seemingly hopeless world. Many so desperately wanted to believe in a future like that of Revelation 21, when there will be no more sorrow. And many came to the stark realization that we are not there yet. I recently met with a student who asked me questions regarding my work as a minister with the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community. We discussed such issues as the Defense of Marriage Act, the progression of marriage equality state by state, and my own personal journey towards reconciling my faith and my sexuality. As we neared the end of our conversation, she asked me what my vision is, or what is my hope for the future? Essentially, what is my dream? I stumbled for words to put into a succinct answer. What is our dream, our vision, as individuals in a church? Don't we want a time and place when death will be no more? Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away? Don't we want God's kingdom fully established and fully recognized here on earth? Part of the vision incorporates how to get there, the process in which to build it as a lived reality. I explained to the student that I hope for equality in every way for all people in all of life, the church included. When she asked me how I thought this could be attained, I responded with a simple and seemingly trite answer, love. So much is discovered in getting to know each other and our differences and striving to love one another through it all. Jesus' commandment to the disciples was simple, love one another. One commandment in three words, love one another. God loves us, so we should also love one another. Sometimes the simplest instructions are the hardest to follow. Loving others can be challenging, especially when our experience of love is flawed. We often are unaware of how much we are truly loved, how difficult it is to reciprocate an emotion, 
an action, a commitment, when we don't fully and deeply acknowledge God's love for us. With so much pain and suffering in the world, true love is not fully grasped. With rejection and divides among people of faith, it's difficult to comprehend the depth and honesty found in love. Perhaps this is why Jesus gave just one commandment to the disciples that night. He knew the complexity in truly following it. Boston University's Hindu minister joined the Sunday study group last week to sit with us in a space of conversation and dialogue focused on his religious tradition. The goal was to educate and to learn by listening to his experiences and beliefs. While sitting in the circle, he reminded us that God is omnipresent, all-present. Despite the mystery of God, we attribute this characteristic to God. God is also good. We believe this to be true, and this aspect of God is predictable. Goodness comes from God, and God's will is good. We assume this predictability of God because we desire comfort and stability and what we cannot see. Yet God's will is not always predictable. Trapped in our own routines, we want to believe that God's work will fall into what we assume is good and true. We forget that God moves and acts in ways that, can't al that we can't always understand and in a timing that's not always convenient. Our experiences of God may seem a little different than those recorded in the biblical accounts. We don't audibly encounter the voice of God today. God also doesn't appear in burning bushes or blind us on our walks home in order to get our attention. God doesn't have angels appear at our doorstep in order to make God's will known. But this does not mean that God is silent today or any less present. In his book, Going Home, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh said, there are things that are available to us 24 hours a day. It depends on us to enjoy them. The fresh air is available to us 24 hours a day. We cannot blame the fresh air for not being there. One of the conditions that helps us be free to enjoy what is there is our mindfulness. God is available to us 24 hours a day. God is happiness. God is peace. Why do we not enjoy God? Because we are not free. Our mind is not there. We have no capacity of touching God or of enjoying him or her. The practice of mindfulness helps us to free ourselves to enjoy what is there. I consider a type of mindfulness as being aware of the Holy Spirit as it moves and breathes, comforts, and guides us each moment of the day. To be present in the moment is not an easy undertaking. We tend to be focused on what's next and what we should be doing, instead of being aware of where we are in the moment and what work God is doing right now. It's hard to break free from this pattern and realize what's available to us in every waking minute. Just like with Peter, we don't always hear God's voice or understand what it means right away. God helped Peter step out of his routine and look at things from a different perspective. Peter was so caught up in rituals and rules of his faith that he momentar momentarily neglected to leave room for the movement of the Spirit, which can be unpredictable at times. While God's grace and love are constant and unbending, 
God is still a mystery. We can't possibly understand everything about God and God's will. In order to be truly faithful, some flexibility is required. God's work is never finished. It is always in motion, moving through new people and through new means. In order for us to keep up with God's work, some room for revelation is needed. If there's one thing the gospel teaches us, it's that we should always be ready for the unexpected, because God does not always act in predictable ways. Jesus' death was bewildering, but what was even more astonishing was the resurrection. When all hope was lost, the miraculous occurred. Do we allow space for the miraculous? There is a place for routine in our lives. This is evident in the natural order of things. The sun rises and sets each day. The seasons come and go. Each spring restoration occurs. We wake in the morning, we brush our teeth, make our coffee, commute to work, and eat at specific times. We recite our daily prayers, keep in touch with loved ones, and take comfort in habitual practices. There is nothing wrong with consistency and patterns. In them, we find stability and grounding. But living as Easter people also means being aware and mindful of God being revealed in new ways and among new people. Peter invited people to his table who were very different than him and who challenged his way of thinking and believing. His religious customs continued to define how he practiced his beliefs, but these acts did not define for everyone what it meant to be a Jesus follower. He listened to God and was obedient to God's request. He chose to be open to the Spirit's urging. It is a great injustice to consider how many people are excluded from God's table simply because they are different than what's expected. Creativity, growth, and fresh interpretations of what it means to love one another and live out the gospel are so often lost when we fail to invite outsiders to be partners in ministry. Love is hard work. Much like Peter, we resist change. We hold on to what is familiar and routine. The spectrum of human life and uniqueness is overwhelming, yet we are all made in God's image. We all have the capacity to love. From acts to revelation, from listening to believing, from evangelizing to awakening, from baptism to new life, we walk the journey together, seeking God's love, relying on God's grace, and experiencing the guidance and comfort of the Holy Spirit. There can be no end without a journey, no hope without a vision, no growth without challenge, Despite our individuality, we don't walk alone. It is impossible to fully grasp the love of God without understanding the love from one another and towards one another. There is a reason we worship together every Sunday, break and eat bread, and drink from the cup together, and significant meaning is found in welcoming new members into our communities. We are meant to work together for the common good with the help of God's grace. Moving from acts to revelation requires more than routine, more than narrow vision, and more than fear. God's work depends on the collective voices and pursuits of God's people, 
even when the work is hard, new, and unpredictable. May we not hinder God's work, and may we, we, may we be aware of what's available to us in every moment while striving for, what yet, for what's yet to come. May we continually be people both of acts and revelations, doers and dreamers. Amen. seated. Beloved, we come now to our time of prayer. We invite you to find a place and a location and a posture that fits your sense of the moment and your tradition in prayer. Please either stay in the pew seated and praying or stand as and where you are or come forward with others to the communion rail as we join together in the morning prayer. And to enter into prayer together, we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord.
thou the first, thou the last, thou beyond all thought, from whom we come and unto whom our spirits return, our dwelling place in all generations. Gracious God, to thee this morning hour we lift our anthems of adoration, our words of confession, our songs of thanksgiving, our prayers of supplication. In supplication, dear Lord, we pray for those this day who have suffered loss, loss of life, loss of limb, loss of confidence, loss of perspective, loss of worldview. O thou who seeks and saves the lost, embrace us, especially these, we pray. In supplication, dear Lord, in this morning hour, we lift our prayers for those among us and for that part in all of us struggling with hard, perhaps newer, emotion of ardent anger and hot hatred and real rage. Give us the courage to be honest about what we feel and the confidence to labor in thy love for resolution. Help us with the scripture to be angry, but not, lot, not let the sun come down on our anger. To hate what is evil and to love what is good. For those in these hours in such labor and process, we offer our prayers this morning. In supplication, dear Lord, in these days we pray for those who are walking the back roads, quiet but in distress, flat in affect, silent in speech, and yet who may need a shepherding hand. Help those present and hearing to be, we ask, that presence, that love, that goodness that we do know in the Good Shepherd. For those who have lost and for those who struggle and for those who are alone, O oh Lord, we offer our prayers of supplication this day. Grant us thy peace, we pray. Grant us thy peace, we pray. Grant us thy peace, we pray. Grant us thy peace. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has taught us to say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Marsh Chapel. We are delighted that you are joining us this morning, whether it's in person or by radio or the internet, and we want to be able to know and greet you by name. So please help us to do so either by signing in on the red pads or by emailing us at chapel at bu.edu. Three brief announcements this morning. First, we congratulate the Inner Strength Gospel Choir under the direction of Herbert Jones on their 40th anniversary concert last night. Second, we invite you to this I Believe Sunday coming up for worship May 12th at 11 a.m. Every year we hear the voices of graduating students who bring us their wisdom, faith, and experience. It is an especially wonderful Sunday to join us for worship in person. And third, while classes end this week and our regularly scheduled events cease after Thursday, we at Marsh Chapel uh, are here to help you stay afloat through finals. So I invite you to contemplate or contemplate in the mind's eye this rubber ducky, which is dressed in a cap and gown. And it is the mascot for our reading retreat, which is entitled, We're All in the Same Boat. So please join us for communal study, prayer, accountability, and of course, food. Sign up at bu.edu slash chapel slash study slash reading for our reading retreat this Friday and Saturday. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering in sacrifice to God.
Generous God, you have blessed us with the resources to share the good news of your love for all creation. We dedicate these gifts and pray that they may bring healing, wholeness, and hope to the world, that future generations may know your graciousness and love. Amen. let us remember that Christ has given us a new commandment, that we love one another as God has loved us, and through this love all things will be made new. Now may God's Holy Spirit lead you, may God's strength protect you, may God's peace be with you. Go now in the name of God, by the grace of Christ, and with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> 